Welcome to the next in a series of podcasts where Decibel members speak to the composers we have commissioned for the Two Minute From Home series. Today is a special edition because we have Decibel Reads player and composer Lindsay Vickery in Perth talking to Aaron Wyatt. Aaron uh, has created a piece for the Two Minutes From Home series but as well as being the viola and violin player in Decibel, Aaron is also the programmer of the Decibel Score Player, the iPad application we've been using for each of these two-minute pieces. And this is the first piece he's written for the Score Player as a composer, rather than as a programmer. And he talks to Lindsay about his experience of creating a work for the Score Player, but also about life in Melbourne during the lockdown. So you're in an interesting position. You've um, just made a piece for the uh, Decibel Two Minutes From Home project. And uh, yes, yeah, so I'm just wondering if you can tell us a little bit about your piece first. It is an interesting position to be in because I've, I've spent so much time writing the code for the scoreboard player. Uh, and this is actually the first, uh, first time I've used it for a composition. Hmm. Um, and it's a piece that I kind of, I mean, I had the idea for it very early on in, in the lockdown um, uh, process. And then in typical me fashion, I didn't actually get around to executing it until, you know, the week or so before it was due. Um, <laughs> but I had, a, I had a fairly strong idea of what I was, of what the structure was going to be. Yeah. In, you know, the whole two minutes of it is a very short space in which mm-hmm. to work. Um, you have to really 
really narrow down ideas and uh, my partner um, has a pretty impressive jewelry collection uh, and also had just started making jewelry at the start of lockdown. Mm. So, you know, some way to, to find something to, to occupy our time. And uh, yeah, unfortunately I didn't end up using any of her pieces in the work, which makes me feel like a terrible partner, but it was mostly because um, I, there were a few that I wanted to use, but um, the, the method that I went about doing it was basically just you place jewelry on our scanner. Yeah. Uh, manipulate all the images beyond there. Um, and so most of her pieces were sort of, you know, had a pin, what earrings with a pin straight out the back and it was, I didn't want to bend them or break them and I didn't want to, you know. Right. Yeah. Our scanner either. So I kind of, I had to, I was slightly limited in, in, in exactly what I could, could use for it. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's sort of, I say, I guess it came out of this idea of, of, um, of being stuck at home and this sort of domesticity and, and sort of using that and, and exaggerating it. And so all the, all the scanner uh, images that I've, I've taken, I sort of, I did a lot of image editing on and, and a lot of um, color correction. So they're, they're, they're quite heavily saturated and they're quite, right. but it's almost like this hyper-realistic yeah. image of the, the, the colors. Silvers and the blues and everything. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. So I kind of, I turned everything up to 11 really. On that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it was kind of just, just capturing the, the intensity of that sort of, that microcosm of, of mm. um, you know, just being stuck at home with, with just these day-to-day -day objects. And yeah, and then of course the audio track um, I created, once again, it was a similar thing. Um, I just recorded the sounds of, of, um, of some of this jewelry. Did a bit of, it, I had to do a bit of editing on the sound because there were a few nasty sort of pops and clicks that, that came out through the process of doing that. So it sort of smoothed off some of those, those rough edges um, mm. while trying to keep the, the you know, the actual character of the sound uh, and then just gradually layer things up and just build this larger and larger soundscape as the work progresses. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, now I'm not sure whether this has been covered in any of the podcasts, but do, do you want to explain to people um, how it is that because everyone's recording in separate uh, locations at, at separate times and uh, and so on, and then it all gets assembled into the piece. So, how is it that uh, everything is lined up? So, in the in the small file itself, um, there's basically sort of a ten second lead in time where there's like a, a series of counting clicks, which you can you won't hear in the final product, but in the in the final recordings from everyone, you, you hear these sort of these sequence of um, clicks uh, at the beginning, and it's just a matter of lining all of those up um, mm. once everyone's recording, so that and it, of course, the, you know, the score is scrolling at the same rate for everyone. So mm. as long as that beginning is together, everything should, should line up. I guess the, the tricky thing with, with some of the scores, like mine in particular, is that it has um, it has an audio track. So as soon as the clicks have finished playing, you sort of have to make sure your headphones are plugged in or turned on mm. so that we don't have, um, in this case, it would have been five separate recordings of the audio track over yeah. the top of our instrumental playing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's basically... Those those clicks that we're using at the start to, to line it up, and it seems to have been working well so far. So yeah, yeah. I think I've talked about uh, coordination issues with everyone. Um, so uh, how did you? This is your first uh, first time writing for the score player. How I mean, how did you find it after all these years of coding it and having people say like, oh, can can it do X or Y or you know, can we write on it or you know. It's funny because I, I know everything that it can do and still I've just created a basic sort of scrolling score. Um, but I just, I felt that that was the, the, the paradigm that was going to work best for this, this particular composition. 
if I'd really wanted to, and I'd had some you know, amazing idea on how to, to you know, do something different with the animation, I could have easily just coded it myself, sent an update out to everyone and, and um, yeah. had it happen that way. But actually, I, yeah, I, I thought that the scrolling score paradigm worked well for this, this particular uh, thing that I was doing. And, and so I just wanted to, to stick to the simplicity of that. I mean, I, I, yeah, I found it really, really straightforward to use actually. Um, mm. It's just, I mean, it's just so much easier to use the actual score creator program that I, well, that I wrote basically for that, that reason to just take yeah. the drudgery out of it and just mm. uh, automate the entire process. And it was, yeah, it was a very, very straightforward thing to do. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was good writing for it actually. And having something that's, that's going to be able to be you know, played in it and um, so rather than just being always on the, the back end side of things. As the creator of the um, score player, how do you feel about how the different ways that people have used it? I mean, there's been such a, a wide variety of, of output for it. Mm. Uh, and some some are, are more successful than others. It's like anything else, you know, compositionally, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a tool. Yeah. You know, just like, you know, common practice notation or anything like that. And so I think for, for some people, it's maybe not, you know, so suited. it's not what they're used to, and it's maybe not as suited to their particular artistic practice as as maybe it is for others. Um, but then there there are, there are people who really uh, you can see you know, their scores have really embraced it. They've they've really extended what you know what it can do, and there've been some yeah I think there've been some some really amazing results out of it. So it's, I think it's it's been an exciting project, and it's been good to see all of the the various different takes that that, that people have had on it. So um, and perhaps one other question um so you know you've been kind of deep in this um uh, in this process of um, making these uh two minutes from home pieces and recording them and um how, how else is the uh, and well i should say for people who don't know you live in melbourne uh, which has been the hardest hit place in australia by the COVID pandemic uh, so how have you, uh, how have you found all of those things? Have you managed to keep up your, like you also conduct yeah. as well as play the viola and so on. So, and teaching. So how's all that worked? So the, the conducting has definitely fallen by the wayside. Um, yeah. well, it's funny, like, funny enough, I've still been, I've been teaching conducting this semester and that was an interesting experience. Um, yeah. I mean, playing has been fine. I've still been. And I haven't had much by um, way of playing engagements, and there's a few things that I was supposed to be doing this year that, of course, have been been cancelled. Yeah, but you know, I've still been still been it's been good on the practice front. It's just been, I guess, it's just been keeping up with with all of the work involved in transitioning everything online and just yes, playing on top of things and trying not to, to go too crazy in the process. So, apart from this project, have you had any other kind of telematic um, performances or anything going on? Yeah, so I was. Um, I wasn't playing myself, but I was doing the tech work for um, this phonetic orchestra, twenty-four uh, hour live stream. Mm. There, um, over the twenty-four hours, it, it works in like two to three-hour blocks, and so I was running the, the tech for that, and it was using, uh, yeah, a lot of the, the recent updates that I'd made to, to Jack Trip, and actually, I think that was the first time uh, that I'd used QJack Trip, the graphical side of things, on some of the yeah. computers for that performance. Mm. Um, I mean, there were a few people in Berlin, uh, a few people in Melbourne. This is when we could still go into a studio. It was just when we could still go into a studio. Right. Um, actually yeah. all be in the same place. Yeah. Uh, and then the curfew and lockdown came 
uh, came into play while we were still doing that. We just had to finish up there and then head home. Um, right. and that was it. And um, before the before the army came up, well, well, I mean, came we, in it, with was, it. it was crazy because it, it was after yeah. curfew because we were, you mm. know, and it was fine because we we had a legitimate reason for, for working and for mm. that um, was planned obviously before all this came in. Uh, but that was a surreal experience, sort of catching an Uber home post curfew uh, mm. down the Monash freeway, virtually empty. Like it was us and a handful of other cars that came wow. away or just, you know, yeah, it was really surreal. Mm. Um, everything looked normal except just no people. And wow. it's a very yeah, quasi-apocalyptic wasteland sort of. Yeah. All right, Aaron Wyatt, thank you very much. Well, Giving up some of your Sunday morning and uh, yeah, terrific. From Home is a project initiated by the Decibel New Music Ensemble. It sees 22-minute online compositions commissioned for 2020. Each of these pieces engages with the Decibel Score Player, an iPad application that facilitates the network reading of graphic notation. Each commission results in an audiovisual outcome that can be found on our website, decibelnewmusic.com, or vimeo.com forward slash decibel new music. This project has been generously supported by the Australia Council for the Arts.